0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. This is Pastor Tom Hine. We're here at the New Hope Church office and getting our day started, and we're glad that you're with us as well. This is a new venture for us, and we're calling it Living Truth because we'd like to help you to be able to understand the Bible better, to live its truth more completely, and experience your relationship with Jesus more deeply. I'm your host and resource person in partnership with various guests who engage us in dynamic conversation and stories from their own lives. Hello, everybody. It's great to have you back with us today on Living Truth Podcast. Today, I've got Jake Sanders, our youth pastor, with us, and Kim Seidman, With us and as many of you know, we've launched a new sermon series on the Gospel of John And many of us are also working on a devotional book and so Kim was a part of putting together that devotional book and uh, Kim we were just talking a little bit about just how exciting that was and it's something new for you Just tell us a little bit about how you entered into that process and what was encouraging as you got going on that
1: Sure Tom It was really a phenomenal experience for me. I I felt very driven to um, do intensive research, a lot of different sources out there, you know, through our Right Now Media, through books on John that I was able to find, of course, the key book, uh, the Bible, and reading that. And I was able to go deep and really learn about John and understand it much, more fully than i would have if i was just reading a particular passage in john Haven't so have
2: you done something like this before no
1: it uh it was really quite a wonderful um, opportunity and i i thank new hope for giving it to me but no brand new opportunity okay.
0: well that's very cool
1: so you just mentioned the depth of the gospel
0: of john and that's where we're going to start today is just thinking about this gospel um, you know the Gospel of John has been compared to a pool of water and people have said that it's a pool in which both a child can wade and an elephant can swim in other words it's both simple as profound uh, we can go to John 3:16. that seems like every person who ever sat in a church has heard knows that verse God so loved the world he gave his one and only son who ever believed in him Should not perish, but should have eternal life. And so when kids memorize a verse, you know, they get that one down, and then they say it rapid fire uh, (laughs) real (laughs) fast. (laughs) But uh, the thing about the Gospel of John is it meets us where we're at. And I know in my own life, it's a really important gospel because it was through the Gospel of John when I was invited to be in a study when I was a university student, that I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So it's a favorite of mine. And um, just for the two of you, as we're thinking about the Gospel of John, is there something in particular as you studied it that's been new for you, and that you said, I didn't know that, or some
2: insight that you have had? I think for me, what you were saying really that's what makes John John to me is like you can read through it and I've done it in the past where I've read through it and like you get yeah you get something out of it but I think the real value of John is when you dive deeper because it's I mean John 3 16 is a perfect example of I forgot so loved the world that he gave his only son but like you could spend every week for the rest of your life reading more more into that and understanding What does it mean that God loved us so much that he gave his only son? Like, there's so much into it. Um, And I I think that's, it's almost fun. Like, we went through a Bible study with the college students last summer, and we went through the seven IM statements. And you can go through it, and you can say, okay, what does it mean that he's the light of the world? But then you can keep on going into it, and you can find more and more stuff. And it's fun to hear. I'm excited to go through it together. Because different people spot different things that based on where they're at and who they are that I wouldn't have ever noticed you could have given me a hundred read-throughs and I wouldn't have found things that others found
0: yeah one of the things I was just noticing yesterday as I was listening to the sermon on John 1 was some of the similarities in terms of the wording with 1st John 2nd John 3rd John mm-hmm. and I was just reminded that here's someone whom Jesus was with and later he reflected back and remembered and God gave him the gospel of John. Then he also wrote these letters really encouraging Christians and you can see the similar vernacular, similar writing style mm-hmm. in both those letters and in the gospel. It was just an insight I had just yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. When you talk about the depth that you can go in, when you think about how John captured Jesus's, you know, 3-year ministry in just a small amount of pages really mm-hmm. in the Bible, it's pretty phenomenal to get in there and go deep and see all that we can learn from just even maybe one scripture.
0: Mm-hmm. So yesterday Pastor Ryan reminded us that in John chapter 20 verse 30 and 31 John gives us his purpose statement for the gospel which is therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name that is such an amazing statement as you think about the way that John is led to put together his gospel he's not just trying to convince us about a few random kinds of facts about Jesus he is really laying out here's Jesus our Savior you're invited to follow him to fall in love with him and to respond to him as your Savior and your Lord just in the same way that Thomas cried out when he saw Jesus and he recognized him as my Lord and my God that's what Jesus wants for each of us so John's a unique gospel oh, yeah. about 93% of the material that's in John is not in Matthew Mark Luke and John He is writing Mm. after a lifetime of reflection. He knows Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And now he's adding to what they've recorded of Jesus' works, actions, miracles. I
2: think that's definitely one of the most interesting parts um, to me that there does seem to be more reflection and more purpose. And I mean, to a certain extent, a little more commentary to every story he includes and I think there's definitely I mean obviously there's value in Matthew and Mark and Luke um, but those seem like more pure just this is what happened whereas John is almost written it feels like it was written like to me at times which is like oh, like he put it in there for me to read and for me to understand a little bit more who Mm -hmm. Jesus is because of every story he includes Mm -hmm. and because he includes stories that aren't Other places or details that aren't other places
1: and what I like about what you said Jake is with the devotional that's been put together we can actually take time out and reflect on that word Mm -hmm. and that reflection is directed for us so um, we can really go deep there and then the prayer helps us take it from our mind to our hearts and really embrace it and how we live, oh, yeah. and then we talk about how to apply it. It's just such a phenomenal uh, combination of um, activities that we do, just studying parts of John every week.
0: Yeah, and there really is kind of that same balance all throughout John. On the one hand, there is this reflection in terms of, remember, if James and John were called the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> like, they brought it, you know? <laughs> and you just wonder the kind of things they got into and what happened. Yeah. But How do, uh, how do you get that nickname? Exactly. Like, like, sounds like a wrestling team <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, like a motorcycle <laughs> gang is what I thought. Yeah, a motorcycle gang. <laughs> so they got that part of them, but yet there is this reflective side as well. And yeah. I think you see some of that in I the mean, Gospel
2: of John. He's called the disciple that... Jesus loved and love is kind of one of yes. the words that shows up more in 1st John But I think in John as well but throughout yes.
0: yeah, yeah So in John there are seven signs It's a symbolic account of the person in the ministry of Jesus and instead of using the word miracles John uses the word sign and We think that he possibly chose that word because he wanted us to think about how each of these miracles points to Jesus Ah. and it's one of the unique things that's there and so as we go through John and we look at some of the different miracles that took place can you think of anything in particular that you remember in terms of miraculous signs that took place
1: for me, I was uh, definitely um, drawn into the official who went to Jesus and asked for him to heal his son and, um, so that he wouldn't die. And um, that official was not necessarily a believer at that time, but through all of Jesus' reputation and what mm-hmm. he was doing throughout the area, he had come to believe and then this event made him truly follow through with what jesus told him to do to go back home and his son would be okay and then to then um migrate that or push that down through all his family and and truly starting to grow our pool of believers organically
2: do you have something? I think the about? the one that I, I turned to John um, 6 and I think the one that is the most interesting to me is um, the feeding of the 5,000 um, just as he he kind of relates that to him being the bread of life and I don't, it's just such an interesting story to read because I mean I've, I've been a Christian for some time I was 10 when I got saved and it's easy to read it but then we, we read it actually in youth group as well and just kind of thinking about what it would be like to actually be there and just kind of the wonder that had to go through the crowd as you were there and just, I mean, to a certain extent, I don't want to be cavalier, but just how crazy it had to have been um, in that time to just have this guy feeding a crowd of 5,000 plus from what, this is what, five loaves and two fishes or in my backwards there Um, it's just it had to be amazing to be there and I think it's so easy for me to read the stories and just gloss over it and be like oh yeah he fed 5,000 it's he was hinting towards this but just to have imagined being in that crowd and what it would have been like to to see Jesus do these the reality of Jesus Mm -hmm. I think is something that I've been seeing in John more and more like
1: i'd love how you point that out because if you kind of put yourself in that place if you were there in that time your emotions as one of the people listening and being fed would be pretty high and pretty intense and um, if you look at how people market things today um, if one person has just an emotional experience with something they're going to tell so many of their friends about it Mm-hmm. And how effective the 5,000 probably grew to 10,000 oh, yeah. people hearing about the event.
0: So, when he turned the water into wine, and mm-hmm. he, when he fed the 5,000, a part of those signs was showing, showing that Jesus, as creator, as sovereign God, was able to create yeah. and mm-hmm. to bring about newness, even in the material realm, with food. Which is amazing in itself and then you have like you said some of the healing miracles That shows his powers to heal and then he's God of our lives and our bodies And so we've already brought up a little bit about the seven I am statements And Jakey brought up the statement in Matthew 635 I am the bread of life who comes to me and he who comes to me will not hunger; he who believes in me will never thirst, and how that 's connected with the feeding of the five thousand, mm-hmm. so he does this miracle, and he says okay now i 'm the fulfillment mm-hmm. of all that i 've just done
2: yeah. I, yeah I love how it kind of speaks to the the water into wine and the bread of life is there 's something to be said for what 's here on this earth, but it is nothing compared to him, and just mm-hmm. yeah it 's that's awesome yeah
0: do you remember any of the other I am statements that Jesus makes you probably you probably memorized them since <laughs> you did it in uh youth the summer. Uh,
2: I should have most of them memorized but yeah because um, well, there's bread of life um, the way the truth and the life is later on yes John um, fourteen six. yeah the the shepherd is one I actually just read uh, we're reading through the Bible in the year trying to together as uh, Hannah and I um I think that's about John ten. Yeah. I'm the good shepherd. And then the the door as well is in yes. the,
0: yeah the door, I have to look it up here. I think the that's, door of yeah, the that's sheep. That's John ten seven. Right. And then there. John ten, eleven and fourteen, yeah. I'm the good shepherd. Yeah, very good. Then John eleven twenty five, Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me, will live, even though even though he dies. Now, one interesting one too that I wrote down here was right before he opened the eyes, of the man born blind. He says in John eight twelve, "I am the light of the world." Mm-hmm. And so he says, "I'm the light of the world," and now he's going to open this mm-hmm. man's eyes to see Jesus, to experience Jesus.
2: I, I pre- as the it's a youth pastor and teaching middle schoolers, I love that he still uses object lessons I mean uh, my one of my go to sayings is we're all just middle schoolers just a little yeah. older <laughs> and so like, we, we love being able to see kind of practical and real applications of who he is and being able to see that he gives sight he makes ways for us to see him in ways that we couldn't see before and he did that in physical ways in John but he does that in spiritual ways Amen. and he keeps on doing that this is a little bit off track, but Kathleen, my wife,
0: says all of life is a middle school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And she absolutely. worked in the middle school for yeah. a few years, yeah. so
1: that's kind of the way it is. Well, we remember stories, yeah, right? Yes. Oh, and, yeah. and we learn through them, so it's much easier for us to carry that with us. Yeah, I mean, it stuck with John for how many years? Because
2: <laughs> how old was he when he wrote?
0: So, I mean, there's various viewpoints, but... He's probably writing this in about 75 80 AD or so and yeah. so yeah he was very young when he was first with Jesus probably the youngest of the disciples mm. and now he's had a lifetime of reflection huh. and so that's like when you look at pictures sometimes they get it right like in the Last Supper mm-hmm. they have John pictured as a very young man which he was. I,
2: I've actually never heard that he was possibly one of the youngest yes. uh, we talked about this We did an intro to the book of John in Life Group. And one of the questions was, it's always James and his lesser brother, or his younger brother, John. And that kind of makes sense. He would have kind of been the the runt following him around.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to throw out some keywords in the Gospel of John and what I'd like you to do is to Respond with any first thoughts that come related to the to this gospel to your life to your spiritual journey first keyword in the Gospel of John
2: life I think for me um, John almost gives like a a deeper definition of life there's there's the idea of the life we have the life we live and then but John presents this idea of it can be so much deeper and so much more fulfilling and so much more than what we even know to ask for
0: yeah I think about John 3 for example when Jesus says, you must be born again and immediately what they go to is the idea of physical birth. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, That's what first pops up in Nicodemus's mind, but he's really speaking of eternal
1: life. He's speaking
0: of spiritual birth.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, When John's talking about Lazarus and how Jesus raised him from the dead, Uh, To me, that was just such a great analogy to um, we can have life as we understand it today, but there can be life after death. And that's our spiritual realm that we've been invited into and that God, our Lord, um, controls every aspect of that.
0: Yeah, in fact, he says right before Lazarus is raised from the dead, he tells Martha in John eleven, twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even if he dies. And so that's uh, life. Okay, another little word play here. <laughs> in John there's this contrast between light and darkness. Any thoughts on that and remembrance of either where that comes up or reflections in your own life
1: on light and darkness? Well when I think of darkness and I'm not sure if John was referring to this directly to me it's been ignorance of what the Lord's teaching mm-hmm. has been for us mm-hmm. and that's where as I reflect upon the time that I'm spending in God's Word where I come up short and I don't know all the teachings and I haven't incorporated them into my heart and then hopefully as it becomes settled in who I am actually um, it becomes a part of how I act and do things in everyday life so darkness to me has been that ignorance I know in your own
0: testimony, Kim, that's been a part of the last couple years is really Mm -hmm. growing in understanding God's Word, understanding, responding to Jesus as Savior.
1: Yes, absolutely, Tom.
2: I think for me, I come from almost maybe the ditch on the other side of the road. Um, So when I heard darkness, um, I thought of kind of how Jesus related to the Pharisees and the religious leaders and just they thought they had sight Mm -hmm. and they didn't. And I came from kind of a background where there's so much academic and so much intellectual learning, but almost without true sight at times of not really seeing what Mm. it's actually about and doing the reflection questions, but never ever doing the prayer or the application. Mm -hmm. And so kind of seeing that light is about that relationship and actually seeing with clarity of who Jesus actually is
0: yeah, and that's like when Jesus healed the man who was blind, and then the mm-hmm. Pharisees come to him and say, Who did this to you? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. What's going on? And remember what he says? He says, I don't know who did it, but all I know is I was blind, yeah. and now I see. Mm-hmm. And that's the greatest thing in the world yeah. is to have that testimony.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's an old old hymn, but just amazing grace I was blind but now I see and just that yeah. yes it's hard to describe but it's just
1: and then you can kind of go down a trail from that and talk about humility you know Jesus wasn't there uh, holding up a banner I just made this man see <laughs> after you know it it's all very subtle and it just yeah. creeps inside our hearts and our minds
0: mm-hmm. And then we'll finish with this word, believe. Hmm.
2: I think for me, the idea of believe, as I've grown in my faith, is I think I saw belief as a switch. It was either on or off. And so when I got saved, I flipped that switch. And that's what... um, belief was but I think as I grow and especially like just thinking about John is I think that's kind of the cool part of John is you see that progression you see an older man's reflection on his time with Jesus and just seeing how he grew and it's he grew in his belief and it's understanding more and more of Mm. who Jesus is and it's sure I understand a little bit of who he is but a year from now I'll understand better and I'll have a deeper relationship and you just continue to trust and believe.
1: It's really a journey because I think it's so easy to say you believe and you can think of a few things and you believe at the time and then something else will happen in your life and you're like, gosh, my my unbelief seems pretty strong right now. So John really does give us a great lesson there that it is a journey. Mm
0: In fact, we'll finish with this. We mentioned Thomas, and certainly Thomas was following and believing, and yet in John 20:27, 20, 27, um, he had to see the risen Savior so that he would not be unbelieving but believing. And this is a part of God's journey for all of us. Over in the beginning of John, it says, Yet to receive him to all who believed in his name. You gave the right to become children of God, and this is the greatest privilege, mm-hmm. the greatest opportunity to be a part of the family of god and So thank you, brother and sister, for sharing with us a little bit about your own journeys, your own thoughts, any other questions, thoughts on the Gospel of John or what god 's been in your
2: lives. i 'm just excited for this kind of devotional study i'm going through that in life group and I love being able to study. I love spending time studying on my own, but I love getting a chance to study with others because, again, they point out things that I wouldn't see in a 100 years.
0: Yeah, I think there's a real excitement. We've been talking among the church as we all go through this together and grow together, and so it be exciting to hear the testimonies of what God does Absolutely. through this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Tom.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Kim and Jake. Thank you, listeners, for being with us today as we've reflected on the Gospel of John. And if you'd like to join us, you can go over to the website and go to Media. And under Media, you will find the devotional there. You can download that devotional. You can use it as you listen to the sermons. You can use it in your own quiet time devotionals. And we just love to have you do that, and it'll be a great journey together throughout the winter and spring.